The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. What if I told you that the podcast was now under the control of a Dark Lord of the Sith? No, that's not possible. The patrons would sense it. It's true. Hundreds of stat blocks are now under the influence of a Sith Lord called Darth Stevius. The Dark Times has clouded their vision. I don't believe you. Welcome back to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite Sith apprentice. And I'm Steven, your favorite Jedi Master trapped in a strange holographic prison, slowly rotating. They just had that on hand, huh? You think that's just Dooku's? He brought it from home? Look... Let's get real about Dooku for one fucking second. Finally, Steven, I've been dying to get real about Dooku. Fucking 90 episodes and we can finally get real about Count Dooku. Dooku is a real classic villain. Okay. Dooku is a pipe organ style old school villain. He's not going to have a layer without some sort of prison chamber. And it's got to be dramatic with like low lighting and a, a dias with a center, like weird holograph thing that holds and slowly rotates you. Like you, you've seen his house. We go to his house like three times in the Clone Wars show. Right. And well, you and I personally, we go every two weeks for tea. Yeah, of course. Well, we not are, since are... the incident on Coruscant. <laughs> hey, that was your fault. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dooku, buddy, I really think we should go out for tea. I have a feeling like it's going to be our last one. Like, we should go. Because who knows when we're, you know, life's short, man. I think we should go. He's like, no, no, no. I got my head on about these things. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I, do you think the Geonosians are like, we're peaceful, and then he showed up, and he was like, come on, torture chamber. Let's let's do it up. Let's <laughs> He's like, He's like, there needs to be a torture chamber here. <laughs> well, it was fucking Alan Rickman. That's not Dooku. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot. I was reading my trivia for later in the show. I forgot. I was I was thinking about Alan Rickman. <laughs> sorry I, to both Sir Christopher Lee and, and Alan Rickman. I, can, I love the idea that the Geonosians are like, this was one of our bathing chambers. Like, we use this completely, you know, it's not for killing people in. And he's like... Perfect. Let me put my let me let me roll in my floating fucking stretcher. <laughs> my fucking somehow medieval in a galaxy far, far away ass stretcher. He, he's a count after all. He is a count. I thought that just meant he had like a degree in counting. <laughs> Are you fucking with me right now? No, you idiot. Come on. I said a degree in counting. Like, come on, Steven. It's cool that they, they were like raiding his his shit in the bad batch huh do you remember that yeah i like the i like the dooku heist and that's something i've always thought about would be like a fun swissy adventure and then sure enough i tales oldest time is something i think is a cool swissy adventure i turn on the tv i watch bad batch they're doing it um but yeah account dooku heist is is like has always been on my list for like a uh, yeah, a, a Swissy one shot and Bad Batch did it, baby. I, but honestly, though, no, there's an episode of the Clone Wars where we see Count Dooku as like how the separatists see him as like a really chill dude. Oh, yeah. And you don't I fucking that guy would have a, a will. Yeah, you'd have a will and testament. Yes. He has I feel a full like. estate. Yeah. He owns a planet. Like, yeah. Like what? What? They're just fucking giving his shit away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I guess the Empire was taking it. The Empire <laughs> was something of a bit of an opportunist in this regard, actually, Sam, if you, uh, if you, if you check Damn the it. text. Oh, man. I gotta check. The, I didn't check the game tapes for that day. <laughs> so, Stephen, as you and I what? are recording this, the new Bad Batch trailer dropped. I didn't. I told you not to watch it. You didn't watch it. I watched it. Yeah, you told me and all of our friends to not watch it. And yeah, I, yeah, I obliged yeah. because it, it apparently spoils quite a quite a good deal of things. Well, amazing um, character co- uh, comes back. No way. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Doug? No, <laughs> Thin Mungo. <laughs> Heard you guys had some Mungo you need Thin. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking, we got D. Bradley Baker, and he's like, oh, if only, if only we had some Mungo to Thin. <laughs> and then Wanda Sykes' character is like, I think I know a guy. <laughs> you try and like guess the most obscure like what what fucking what's the worst character they could bring back for the bad batch to still get like nostalgia points from viewers but my uh, actual I guess do... is cad bane well i mean he was in the first season yeah and then he like mysteriously fell off a thing as well cad bane like, really fell back. off season two <laughs> i hate how he looks without his hat i hate when we have to see him without his hat <laughs> I hate when he's in a fight and his hat gets knocked off and we have to see this weird bald old man (laughs) flying around in his stupid fucking boots. (laughs) (coughs) Fuck. With the the hat on, you're like, oh, fuck, it's Cad Bane, bounty hunter. With the hat off, you're like, who escaped from the old folks? Oh, man. Seriously, it does. He looks like he gives me like a friar, like a friar kind of vibe without the hat. Yeah, yeah. He needs a fucking, what's that haircut called? He needs a goddamn... (laughs) Because we need the fryer haircut. <laughs> Monk haircut. Oh, a tonsure. Yeah. A tonsure. Yeah. Oh, classy. Uh, no, I don't think Cad Bane needs that. Like a fake hair piece that makes it look I think like he that. Does. <laughs> and it's like, and okay, it's because when his, he loses his hat, he looks old. And then he's, he's like, <laughs> like when he opens his mouth. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. He's got a bad vibes with the hat on. He's got a oh, Remember him in Book of Boba Fett? Oh yeah, it was he was dog shit. In book, they killed his ass. That's how bad he was. <laughs> they fucking ended his ass. I think didn't they forget his neck tubes or something? Oh no, no, like, his they didn't have his rocket boots in in Boba Fett for some fucking reason. Isn't that so sad? <laughs> God, fucking he kills Cobb Vanth, which was probably one of the coolest original characters in Book of Boba Fett. I, I, I would have taken Cobb Vanth over over goddamn Cad Bane any day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Loved Cobb Vanth. He was Cobb like a Vanth cowboy. Was cool. Yeah, he was a cowboy. And I guess he... Cad Bane is also like a cowboy, but I mean, Cod, Cod Vanth was a new was a new cowboy. You know, he was a fresher yeah, the cowboy. New... No, 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 no. <laughs> fucking the, the ghost of Filoni, even though and Favreau will hang over us like fucking the sword of Favrocles, fucking hanging from a thread above us. The Man. sword of Favrocles. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What are we doing? We have a we have some. Feedback. I think we have a podcast or something. You want to read an email or two? Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got an email from Zloy. I'll read it. Oh, I'll boy. read this one. You can read the next one. Okay. 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 You've been taking my spotlight by reading all these damn emails recently. I don't, I don't know care. if you've noticed. <laughs> I, I care. care. Well, then. Hey, read. Sam and Steven. The end of the dark times. Say it isn't so. Nah, that's all right. I agree with you that there's only <laughs> what? What? What's, Got over what's, it quick. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's all right. I agree with you. That there's only so much Swissy you can cover without going into extreme detail and such. A hundred episodes is a good run. 
just throw some Swissy love in every once in a while in the new Dark Times. By the way, are we ever going to get the sandwich review episode? People keep asking for the sandwich review episodes. I th- no, no, no. It, wasn't it like a tier on the Patreon exclusively for sandwich reviews? It was. And you know what? Since people keep asking, and we probably won't make a full-on Patreon tier for that, but maybe we will. But here's a free one. Sam, would you like to hear about the sandwich I had today? Fuck yeah, I would. <laughs> oh my God, please. It was from a local chain, and it was on fluffy white sourdough. And it had turkey, ham, uh, tomatoes, sprouts, and avocado. Nice. No, no, just dry. No fucking sauce. Nothing. Oh, and it had like the, the this particular chain's uh, <laughs> this chain called the sauce Secret Goo. What the fuck? Secret yeah. Goo. Yeah. You want to hear about the sandwich I had today? Yes, I do. Oh, thank God, you had a sandwich too. It's a double sandwich special. Holy um, fuck. I had a, from a local deli, a breakfast sandwich. So it was toasted sourdough roll with uh, butter and scrambled egg, pepper jack cheese, spinach, and avocado and tomato. Oh, it sounds delicious. It was very good. That's my, that's what oh, I usually get. Mine had red onion and cheddar too. I forgot to include Ooh, that. Yeah. Clo- Ooh, that's a nice sandwich, Steven. Mm-hmm, a nice mm-hmm. sandwich. Uh, yeah, Zoli continues. Thug Armaments sounds like a subsidiary of Zerka Arms for inexpensive weapons. Their slogan can be, never been fired, only dropped once. That's that's pretty good. I like that. That's really good. Steven, what are your thoughts on Comic Sans? This feels like bait. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the context. I don't remember the context. I feel context, like 10 honestly. years ago, if I was like doing what I am right now, if I was like, you know, a, a God forbid, a content creator 10 years ago, I, I feel like I'd be obliged to go on a rant right now like like very egregiously about how much i hate comic sans and how it's annoying um can i be can but, i be real with you no sorry yeah. go ahead do you first you first oh but th- th- this feels like in the same vein of like asking me is like is 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 a is a hot pocket a sandwich or, or something like oh, that oh yeah like like, like, yeah. like a bait question okay i feel that yeah yeah uh, in my honest opinion comic sans is uh an accessibility font and we should respect it for that such I- i've heard that's a myth it's a myth I've they lied yeah i don't know Sans lied to me. <laughs> there he is. Um, I've heard that. Th- I've heard that too. And if it's true, that's great. If it's not, then whatever. But yeah, no, I, 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 Zoy, I'm so sorry. I'll build you a time machine. You can go back and get my, my, my rage reaction in, in, in 2014. Zoy continues. Hydrated Steve is his nemesis cotton mouth and the parched man. That's they can me. use their deadly dehydrator ray on him. Looking forward to the rest of Escape from Orto. Zoli Krolik. Uh Zoli, this well, obviously uh he sent this in before we finished Escape from Orto. Yeah, time we, warp. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The mailbag is just fuller than usual. <laughs> Steven, d- didn't Zoli do something really cool regarding Escape from Orto recently? Zoli remade both terrestrial maps from escape from orto which i thought was really fucking cool because that you didn't no one asked you you didn't have to do that but they look fucking awesome and they're completely true to the original vision of the authors so well done Zloy. way to breathe some life hugely into a an old uh and mostly forgotten module uh well done and thank you awesome uh steven we have one more email from alex von d when you want to read this one huh? Oh, don't mind if I do. Let me do my uh, uh, Wallace and Gromit finger wiggles real quick all over this email. This one's from Alex Van D. 
Hey guys, I just finished listening to the CT Killer episode as I slowly catch up on all the content you keep making. I certainly agree with your sentiments about being hesitant to change the system, especially if you haven't played it yet. I do think that anyone new to the system should play it straight out of the box and even consider limiting themselves to the core rulebook at the beginning. However, I wonder if there's a slightly different way of approaching the issue. One of the great things about Swissy is the cool things that players can do. I think CT Killers are awesome and fun to have at the table, at least on the player side. It would be very unfun for the Game Master to bring them to the table all the time. I wonder if instead of saying no, we can borrow from the world of improv and say yes and. Oh, Sam, you're going to love this. You love saying that. I do love Those are my two favorite words. Let me give you an example. Let's take a look at the IG-100 series bodyguard droid from the core rulebook on page 101. It only costs 19,000 credits, which for that rich BBEG that you don't want the players to one-shot CT kill is a steal. Put at least one, if not more of these, around the BBEG that you want to have a significant role in the encounter. Because this droid has harm's way, so when that CT killer player lines up that shot to take the BBEG out, they still get to have all their cool CT killing happen. It just happens to hit the droid and not your BBEG. The player still gets to do their cool thing and your game keeps going. There are all sorts of ways to make sure the players get to have their fun. Let's throw out a few more. Number one, just let them do it. That's my favorite one. Number two, the old lookalike bodyguard where it turns out the target you just took out was the wrong one. I like that. An Amidala? Yeah. Like, oh, Very there he funny. is. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> Your BBG just got taken out. Reveal that they were only a minion and there is still a greater BBG behind them. That's we call that the final fantasy trick. Shield rating will reduce the damage based CT killer wearable or perhaps a droid or force powers. Increase the enemy's damage threshold, tech specialist armor, feats, a higher con, or yeah, yeah, you can do all that nerd shit, or you can just write a bigger number on the character sheet. Like that, that's okay. <laughs> like you don't have no. to. You don't have to. NPCs don't have to be rules legal. I'm sorry. There, there was full. They, they fought wars over this on the forums back in the old days. But no, I mean, they, they, they aren't even rules legal in a lot of the source books. So I'm not gonna bingo. <laughs> Bingo! Sam gets it. Bingo! Sam, Sam just defeated a full decade of Wizards Forms uh, online debates. Brother, it's so hard to parse those stat blocks sometimes, I swear. Sorry, it's not the place to Number talk six. about it. There are more feats and talents that mess with who the player targets, like harm's way. Seven, ways for the bad guys to move up the condition track. Equilibrium. Eh, you remember that one, Sam. Yes, I do. And the feats that make your second wind better. As GMs, we should always be looking for ways to make sure our players are having fun. Say yes and more often. Thank you, Alex. Keep up the great work, guys. I'm really enjoying the show. It gets me excited about Swissy again, and my game group is about to switch to a new Swissy game. Albeit set in the Wheel of Time universe with some significant mods to the rules. That sounds fun. What? That sounds awesome. Wheel of Time. Oh, I'm thinking of... um. I was thinking of Discworld, not Wheel no. of Time. What's that'd be, time? That'd be that cool familiar. as fuck, though. Wheel of yeah. Time is a, <laughs> it's a book series. They did a TV show on uh, Amazon Video, I believe, as well. Right, right. I'm pretty sure Wheel of Time had its own TTRPG, but I could, I might also be thinking of Discworld again. I think you're thinking of Discworld. Um, yeah, either way, uh, sounds very cool, Alex. Thanks for keeping us uh, up to date with that. I uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. What the fuck? What happened to my yeah. my co-host, man? Who's this guy? <laughs> 90 episodes we fucking we hit did we strike the bottom of the well? Is it empty now? Is there no more Steven in there? Because fucking. I was friendly to someone? <laughs> no, it's just the way you said it. Like absolutely fully awkward. Like, come on, buddy, you could do this. I've seen you do this. <laughs> 
No, I'm kidding. What do I change? I'm kidding. Steve, what are we talking about this week? Big time. It's a bit of a grab bag tonight. All right. We were, I was thinking we could talk about last night's session a little bit. Uh, We're fucking scraping the bottom of the barrel now talking about our home games. You've made that joke. You're going to edit it. So like maybe only zero or one of those gets in. But folks, listen to me. They've made that fucking joke five times already. And we are straight up 20 minutes into recording. No. I have I have, I'm looking at the fucking audition on my TV screen TV screen my computer monitor right now it's been 22 minutes and 25 seconds Sam has made that joke no less than five times Sam we're both sleepy tonight we're, we're at the 90 of 100 episodes we both get it you're making me a little insecure here no no it was, I, it's funny it's supposed to be funny that's really fucking funny Steve I'm gonna include I'm gonna keep all of that in good oh, I'm glad man. Yeah, it was a good session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had a big, uh, Sam, this is exactly what happens every time. And, and this is why I need to like get out of my like GM shell more and, and consult players more on how to handle a given encounter. Specific, really just you, because you and I have a good rapport and we both have an unfortunate yet deep understanding of the system. Like a dyad in the force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. <laughs> And again, with, with the A-Torn encounter where you came back as a weird cyborg. And now this one, I was like, God, I should just talk to Sam. Because Sam, the moment I brought my concern to the table about last night's encounter, which was a big special racing skill challenge that was designed pretty much around one member of the party. And I'm proud of how it came out. But my one challenge in designing it through the whole time from you know conceptualization, design, through running it, was how do I involve the party? This encounter was blatantly designed for one player. It's important to one player's story, but I still have four other players at the table that will want to do something. And when I brought and, and when you saw the problem, Sam, is that this encounter was great for one player and going to be kind of meh for the others. You were like, why don't we all just do the race? <laughs> Steven, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think I rolled like twice last night and there's nothing wrong with that. I love being there. I love enjoying the scenes, the characters. It's that's right. what it's about. Right. But right. I did roll like twice. <laughs> Now, audience, he's making me out to be a bad game master per usual, but I did put the emphasis on the other players to get creative and a little more assertive with their aid rolls for this skill challenge. No, that's that's fair. So for context, yeah. it's a, it's like a, a a stripped down version of the RCR podcasting. Pod, fuck me. <laughs> I did the same thing. I typed podcasting when I wrote of it. Of the RCR pod racing rules that you said we talked about back in episode 75. Yeah. And so we're doing like a whole, you know, a street race, big time qualifier for one of the characters, Tully, who in their backstory is like a, a underground racer as well. Yes. Underground racer turned pilot for the rebellion. It's a cool concept. I love it. And the idea of the session is great, too. In fact, I ran a pod race once and yeah, even and that was also it was very similar to how you ran yours last night where I was just like what do you guys want to do think of something and then then you're totally fine. I think that party was three people. Yeah. And this party we have now is five people and yeah. it's a lot harder to be. I mean, we all did it. We, we did our, what's, what's cool is that in, in story, we all worked together on building the actual 
Squall Hopper, the the ship that that they're piloting for the race, also yeah, that was a damn good skill challenge. That was an excellent skill challenge. That was great. We should be talking about that instead of this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. I mean, honestly, yeah. No, I'm kidding. If I'm we want to talk about like a good skill challenge versus one that just needed a little help, like yeah, for sure. It's hard to be like, well, my character is not the mechanics guy or the use computer guy. My character is the heavy weapons guy. And unless you want me yeah. to start pulling my gun out and blasting racers from the sidelines, which I did think about doing. And I was like, no, we're doing this legit. You know, that's we're going to do this legit. That's fine. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Oh, my, oh God. my God. The look I would have I'll take him out, Tully. <laughs> <laughs> Duck. Just <laughs> fucking <laughs> shrapnel launcher oh, from man. the bleachers, you know, something like that. I, I listen, I I thought about it, but I figured this was. This was Tully's players time to shine and I was going to let them shine. But buddy, they were, they were scrounging for those aid rolls on the, <laughs> on the sure skill were. challenge. Huh? Man, when it was like, when it was like, can someone aid me? And everyone's like, oh, like <laughs> just fucking radio silence. I was, can we get, dude, y'all want to roll a fucking die here? Like, I just couldn't think of anything, honestly, that, that we, no, it's okay. We kind of put all of the, the cool improv tech juice into the previous skill challenge. You know what it's I mean? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, it was a great session, though. I had a, such a great time, and I loved the... Oh, of course. It's a, you know, if you can imagine it, listener, it's like a sectioned racetrack with... In like, an in, like, an industrial park where they're moving things back and forth. There's pipes and stuff like that. There's hairpin turns. A lot of cool stuff. Um, Steven actually found it. It was on an artist's Patreon that was made, that was a commission for someone else's like racing theme to TTRPG. Yeah. It, it was commissioned for someone else's like custom, like online only racing TTRPG. And then I went on the artist Patreon and they were selling a version that, that just had all the, all the gunk from the, the other game taken off it. So I just, I took that slapped my own stuff on it, divided it into segments. And then essentially you move around the track and, you know, many segments of the track might have something special about them. Usually just a, a DC to roll to avoid crashing into some bullshit or something. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And I love the premise where we're they're piloting these these squall hoppers. They're super light, super thin, crazy fast. It's basically like like a cockpit attached to an engine, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, I, I wanted. I don't. I'm not a formula racing guy. So formula guys, please don't bombard my email with questions about about formula racing. But from what I understand about formula racing, as someone who uses Reddit every now and then, um, I wanted to do that, but Star Wars. Hell uh, yeah. And I thought it was a great time. And Sam, as always, you have the simple, most elegant fixes readily available for any problem I have at the table. Like, let's just all race. So, so yes. <laughs> next session, uh, the whole party will be racing. I can't wait to give our our protagonist a run for their money in, in the next yes. race. Tilly, of course, will have a, a, a marked advantage, like an absolute oh, advantage yeah. over everyone. Because they're her so own story. Yeah, they're they're the hero in in this in this story, but <laughs> it'll be really fun to see what you guys do. And I'll, I'm gonna make you guys uh, make up Varn sonas like oh, a week yeah. prior. Oh, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys to to make your Varn sonas for your squall hoppers. That's great. And then can we name the squall yeah. hoppers too? Of course, uh, but you have to follow the the naming convention. Oh, please, for the listeners, please, please explain the naming conventions for these squall hoppers. Yeah, so I um I I I got very particular about actually uh, you want to rehear the whole list. Let's I have hear the of, list of, of names. Squall Hopper names. 
Yeah. So, um, li- listener, I'll just read you the, the list of squall hopper names I made. I, I did it like horses where there's like certain conventions and rules you have to follow when, when naming a squall hopper, but see if you can guess this one. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure if you're over the age of, of 20, you, you can. I don't know, Stephen. I've met some cool 15 year olds out there. That's true. Yeah. I was once one of those. All right. So we got killer rhythm, beautiful avoider, one wing dove, kiss from a rose, easy feeling, heaven stairway, Barracuda, Mr. Fahrenheit, Rainbow in the Dark, Holy Diver, True Impeda, High Steppa, and Seven Inches from the Midday Sun. Such such a great oh man, I love it. <laughs> That's I love I just love the premise where so what did what did our, our protagonist name their Squall Hopper? Your team named their Squall Hopper Money Machine, which I thought was interesting because it was a, a more modern hit that was directly relevant to the lives of, of everyone involved, <laughs> which, which I thought was very sweet and very fitting. Uh, they also chose uh, Money Machine because you guys are really, really fucking rich. Without, without sitting here saying too much, the, the party has like struck it big in the speculative markets regarding Varn's planned economy. So uh, pretty much just ludicrous amounts of venture capital is, is flooding your guys' coffers right now. Heck yeah. Especially after driving the empire from the planet. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, once once a, a major, you know, m- many of these groups were invested heavily in the empire and when the empire withdrew from the planet, well. All that money's got to go capital, somewhere. Baby. It's true. That's how the market works, right? They don't just hoard it. <laughs> they don't just hoard it all the time, right? <laughs> The money I moves. Think it trickles it somewhere. Trickles some- yeah. <laughs> Oozes down Varnonomics. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that reminds me of the other part of the session we won't talk about on the air. <laughs> listener, uh, the joke there, listeners, that the Varn are kind of like amoeba-like species. Yeah, they're pretty gooey overall. Yeah. Without without going into too much detail, they're yeah. quite sticky yeah. and gooey. They're like overall. amoebas I, I or slugs of, uh, or you know stuff like that. Yeah, they're they're technically colony organisms, but I've based them off of uh, mostly fusions of uh, aquatic invertebrates. Hell yeah! And I don't mean like they're crab people. I mean they're like sea slug, squid people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they yeah, could yeah. be they can be anything. They have carapaces sometimes. You, yeah. you can you can be a. I wanted to write up a, a Varn a Swissy species. Um, oh, just for, just for us to have, but even though cool. there's really no reason to. But yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be rad. Maybe like they get an increase to. Natural healing uh, or something like that. Oh, that's that. perfect. Maybe. Yeah, natural healing and then maybe pick a beast trait or something. Oh, you get a beast tra- That's cool as fuck. Oh, I love yeah. that, Steven. That's great. Because they're pick, all pick different. Beast so trait. you just pick a beast trait as like yeah. a, when, you, when you make a varn. That's pretty cool. I think the listeners yeah, yeah. might like to hear how that, how that plays out also. Well, maybe we'll bring that to the podcast sometime. Oh, you know what? That'd be a great thing for the show, actually. I yeah. was thinking of just hoarding that for no reason, but we have a show to feature these creations on. And so they, to inspire well. other people to make their creations on. Absolutely. I, you know, Steven, you know what's so funny is I fucking, I ridiculed you last night for having like a piece of like rolled up like napkin <laughs> that's like been frayed at the edges. But I get, Steven, I get it now. I get it now. It's, it's, it's a silent. It's well, it's, it's a fidget toy that's completely silent. So I can yes, fidget with it yes. as much as I want. You know, I woke up that next morning and I was like, why was I fucking doing that? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? I was like reflecting on that, like just holding up mangled tissue. In front I don't of the know camera. why you were holding trying it up to, to the camera, but I, I do understand yeah. mangling it with your fingers because it, it makes I'd sense. I'd be like trying to talk. I was like interrupting myself by like holding up this mangled fucking tissue to the camera. Yeah. Like, like showing it off. I was like, 
I didn't realize how weird that was until the next day. I was like, what the fuck? What the okay. actual fuck? It's so funny. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was funny. I definitely thought it was hilarious at the moment, it was, but like, it was, it was one of those things where I was reflecting on it. I was like, that was dumb as fuck. But, but yeah, I can't wait to race. Cause I'm excited to, to, we covered those rules back in episode 75. I don't know how much we actually, is there like a cliff notes version that you can kind of give us and the listener? Oh yeah. I touched on it a little bit earlier, but essentially the main like input variable, the main stat that you're in control of with the, these racing rules is your speed. Uh, and that's why I chose these rules. Cause I wanted the players to be able to make a hard choice between like their speed and their maneuverability. Uh, going faster makes it harder to successfully pull off maneuvers. And if you go very fast, you have of course a better chance of winning, but you can also uh, increase your engine temperature and your engine temperature deals more damage to you. The hotter it is as you go through the race. I thought our racer in particular did a really good job. Uh, they're, they're somewhat of a conservative player, so it makes sense that, that they didn't push it too hard, but they burned through like three quarters of their HP by the end of that race. Didn't they like um, lap which two I was, racers also? They, they double lapped the, oh, the, the slowest racer. That's yeah. So sad. They, they finished two laps ahead of the slowest racer, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> I'll probably make a macro to make our play easier next time. I was going to make a macro to do NPCs because doing that in one click instead of, you know, whatever the fuck I was doing last night would, would be way better, but might not need one now that you guys will play. I was thinking about this as well during last night. Mm-hmm. If it was me running this, the smart thing to do would be to roll all the NPCs just ahead of time. Just yeah. be like, okay, this is their race. They've already, they've already run it on paper. That's smart. But then you, That's really you smart. do it. Along. I should bring this shit to you more often. Because really like, <laughs> you know, you know, I won't like spoil it for myself. I'm not a metagamer. It's true. It's I'm, true. It's just my instinct is so not to do that. And I'm sure it's the same for a lot of people. As, well, even more so with this, considering that we had the rules for the racing already, because you had to have the main player read the rules yeah. ahead of time. So it's not like there was a spoiler yeah. that we were going to do a race. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I should have just asked you about it. You could have asked me how to run that. I would have been like, yeah, let's run it. I think you could run it this way. You could run it this way. I do like the idea of us all racing. I'm really excited for that. Because even though that's happening and I I know we're going to be at a disadvantage because it's a heroic character and we've got, we've got a super cool engine that we worked hard in game to make. Yeah. But I am excited to try and ruin their day. (laughs) Yes. And there's in in these rules we're using, uh, maybe should I just, Share these. I mean, they're maybe we should maybe we should share the the PDF with the pod, right? Yeah, sure. If you feel like you can. Yeah. There's there's a uh, lots of hitting and bumping rules as well. Uh, so we you didn't can, even see any of that stuff. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, because Tully was too fast. Oh. Yeah. Well. Well. Shit. I'm excited now. Great. Yeah. It's awesome. gonna add a whole. I, I wanted to kind of delay. I was thinking about doing it this time, but I really just wanted everyone to get familiar with the rules without. Too meant too much of high stakes, but yeah, we'll we'll bring in the bumping and the hitting and the crashing and the and the and the explosions <laughs> next time. Alrighty. Well, Steven, I all in anticipation of our upcoming races, I did make a non-heroic stat block for this. Um I've got like oh, a whole little intro for him. Leader of his own racing team, five-time indie squall hopper champion. And second biggest pop star fan in the galaxy, Carlin Cloud Skipper, a CL oh, yes. ten medium human non heroic seven noble one ace pilot four. 
Uh, I had no idea you were working on this. I think that I'm fucking thrilled. I am very happy. Uh, the the noble multi-class fee I took was linguist because it's the one you have to take, right? Like who fucking need mm-hmm. like, oh, skill, uh, w- weapon proficiency pistols. Fuck off. I'm taking linguist. <laughs> <laughs> so for their languages, they, they speak basic, high galactic, huddies, binary, bocce, and roadies. Roadies nuts. Uh, being the reason why. Oh. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Just because I felt like it was a it was so a common. Funny. Maybe I might I might change it to Durys. That also would be another appropriate one. I feel like you just like Duros. I do like Duros, but this is a human. Uh, we've got the except <laughs> from the uh, superior skills talent tree, which originates in the Galaxy of Intrigue source book. Exceptional skill pilot. Uh, this is a favorite of mine now. I, I'm I've uh, featured it on a few builds so far. Yeah, it's, it's fucking ridiculous is why. <laughs> when you select this talent, choose a trained skill. Whenever you roll a skill check with that skill, a result of two to seven on the die is always treated as though you had rolled an eight. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's great. I love it. We've also got full throttle from the expert pilot talent tree. You can take 10 on pilot checks made to increase vehicle speed. In addition, when you use the all out move action, your vehicle moves up to five times its normal speed instead of four times. We've also got Keep It Together from the Expert Pilot Talent Tree as well. Once per encounter, when a vehicle you're piloting takes damage that equals or exceeds damage threshold, your vehicle avoids moving down the condition track. That's pretty sweet. I did, I did throw in some, some feats there as well. Since you're a non-heroic, you get a feat like every other level, every fourth level, something weird. What's weird, every third. What's weird about non-heroic uh, levels is that you don't gain... Two increases to ability scores on four. And yeah, just level. one. You just gain one. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, the feats I have here that are really important. I've got vehicular surge from the Rebellion Era campaign guide. If the vehicle you pilot is colossal or smaller and is reduced to fewer than one half its hit points, once per day as a swift action, your vehicle gains a number of bonus hit points equal to one quarter its maximum hit point total. That's right, Steven. We're talking about a second win for vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I forgot about vehicular surge. Yeah. This is, a, this is a, a certified classic. Oh man, damage is subtracted from bonus hit points first. Any bonus hit points remain at the. It's like a fucking uh, the fine print on on like one of those medicine ads. <laughs> yeah. Any bonus hit points remaining at the end of the encounter are lost. Bonus hit points do not stack. <laughs> see, a, see a doctor if you experience death. You did that really Thank well. You. See a doctor if you experience death while uh, doing a vehicular surge. I've also got hold together from the unknown regions. As a reaction, you can spend a force point to delay the effect of damage dealt to a vehicle you are riding or piloting in until the end of the round. The vehicle must be of colossal size or smaller. And buddy, these squall hoppers—they are smaller. <laughs> so smaller than an A-wing. Smaller than an A-wing, which is saying something because those things are fucking tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say, I I don't, this is like a falsehood I convinced myself of and now I doubt, but I I, I swear I remember verifying it. I think an A-wing is about the size of a Prius, but I think I'm, I think I'm fucked up. I think I'm wrong. We've talked, we've mentioned this in the past. I don't know Uh your source for that information. No, I think the sources I made it the fuck up. Um, (laughs) An A-wing is seven meters. So much bigger than a Prius. Much bigger than a Prius, Steven. Come on. Would you say maybe a squall hopper is the size of a Prius? I want to think so. It's something you made up. Dude, Pri- I'd yeah. watch Prius Grand Prius. <laughs> oh, a, a fucking racing circuit that's just souped up Priuses. Oh Prius my I? God. Pri-I? Please. I want it. Pri-I? Priotipus? Priotipus. <laughs> and, and as a um, non-heroic 
we have a few like I took I took for my starting feats. I think I took skill training and then skill focus twice. <laughs> so there's like no there's no damage at all that this character can deal basically, but it is really good at the things it can do. So I uh, hey, he's a racer. Yeah, exactly. Persuasion plus eighteen, pilot plus twenty, and use computer plus thirteen. Not bad for CL ten. I love it. Yes. Also, just just for the listeners at home. Carlin Cloud Skipper is like slicked back hair, like like um, you know those reflective sunglasses. Oh, aviators? No, 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 no like the ones where it's um, it's like the blue. Oh, and yellow. like fucking Oakleys. Yeah, like Oakleys. <laughs> oh my god! He wears his own merch, stuff like that. Like uh, yeah, this, this oh, guy man. sucks. This guy sucks. Like <laughs> you, he's like the. <laughs> He's like the bad guy in the Karate Kid, but for Squall Hoppers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where he's like just an ass for no reason, and he's like, and like, whoa, what the hell, man? But yeah, I'm excited, and I hope if once Steven takes a closer look at the stat block and gives it the okay, that uh, I can use this for our our future Squall Hopping race. Oh, sorry, you won't. No, I won't. <laughs> I was gonna. You guys are gonna be generic NPCs. Why? Why? What's what's the point? Why generic NPCs? Cause you're not supposed to win the race. Yeah, but I'm like two levels. Totally I'm two levels lower than than Tully here. It's not happening. <laughs> oh man, I don't want to win the race. I just want to make it have a have a good time. I will think about it, Yay! but you probably won't get it with exceptional skill. Okay, that's fine. If that's a caveat, I will yeah. accept any caveats. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with you playing as Carlin Cloudskipper. I have no fucking issue with that. But it's like exceptional skill. I'm like. Fucking no. Tully's got plus 20 to fucking vehicular pilot. Oh, so do I. Tully is designed to win the race. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. The idea of the encounter is that Tully wins. I'll, I'll, I'll drop. Not easily. I'll drop skill focus and exceptional pilot. And we'll. we'll Sam, I'm going to like give a you a preset. <laughs> <laughs> Except only one of us is in charge. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, Mr. Yes and. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of you course. weren't even no, supposed no, no, to no. race. I know. A week I'm ago. kidding. Of course, I'm kidding. <laughs> I will play with whatever you give me. Carlin, Carlin, Cloud Skipper is here for the listener, man. He's not here for us. <laughs> We're so fucking funny. worms to him. He's here for the listener. <laughs> oh man, let's uh, let's send you guys to the break. <laughs> Steven. What is it's the part of the show where we thank people for listening to the show. Yay! Yay! Is it our times podcast? Yay! <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> Thank you, Kermit. Um, Stephen, how can people support the show? People can support the show primarily by listening. And uh, fuck, I got a feeling that many of them are doing just that right now. <laughs> as if, as if many listeners. <laughs> as if. <laughs> Why haven't we done that one for an opening? Oh, that's that's what we're going to do next week. Probably if I remember. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down no. right now. It's going to save us fucking 20 minutes next week. No, it's my favorite part of the day. Okay. <laughs> ow. Ow. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, uh, what you can do to support the show, if listening isn't good enough for you, if you need, if you need to feel more warmth than your soul for supporting to indie podcasters like ourselves. Well, you can get over onto our Patreon, which has two tiers. That's a $5 and a $10 tier. We'll go over in just a sec what the Patreon actually gives you access to. But hey, if you stay on that son of a bitch for three months at the $5 tier, you get a cool sticker. If you stay on the $10 tier for three months, guess what? You get a sticker and a t-shirt. Oh, 
whoa, things mama. on. Yeah, whoa, mama. The sticker's pretty fucking cool, like, actually. Yeah, though, my friend actually like, really likes it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's perfect for your water bottle. or Because oh, yeah. um, it's a good water bottle sticker. Because we say it's honest. a sticker of the logo, but it's not a sticker of the logo. It's a sticker of the cool Holocron D20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, I've been saying logo these past few few episodes. It's not a, the logo. It's the it's the D twenty cron. It's it's blue and gold, and it oh, looks yeah. really good. They're high quality printing. And this is a wall supplies um, last sticker, buddy. Because uh, oh yeah, they they are. We're we're, we're gonna be restructuring things yeah, when, the, yeah. when the change. So you know, if you wanted your chance to get your sticker, well, buddy, it's it's episode ninety. That's all we're saying. Let's just say if you like blue, you don't got a lot of time left. <laughs> Should I no, even good. should I even include that? No, that's funny. No, that's okay, good. Okay, I like that okay. a lot. Some things on the Patreon that are exclusive for patrons. Well, we've got um Sam, am I am I misreading the um the, the ticker here? Does that say uh movie audio commentary for Ewoks a Caravan of Courage? Yeah, Ewok Adventure, a Caravan of Courage, or Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure. <laughs> Depending you mean on the critically acclaimed Direct-to-video spinoff movie. Certainly critic. Yeah. <laughs> More like critically critic criticized. <laughs> we got to do the second um, one if you soon want, because honestly, I'm, I, I really want to. Can we please? Wanna, yeah. can we, you want to put a date? I, I will I will set a date for it if you want. Steven, I already have one exclusive Patreon thing to edit right now. We, we can't plan the next one so soon. You can do a backlog. You're fine. You can do a backlog. You're fine. Okay. And listeners, uh, keep an eye out on the Patreon. There might be a super special, secret, exclusive upload coming to your podcast, uh, come to your favorite podcast Patreon feed in the future. Some video content, perhaps? What the hell? That's like one more dimension than we usually podcast in. Uh, I'd say it's a few more than that. Yeah, it's two dimensions, even. (laughs) <laughs> is sound one dimensional wait a minute I'm, Steve, um, I'm spiraling help me pull me back in <laughs> fuck yeah i hear yeah yoink <laughs> also the patreon will be the home of the future dark times module coming soon to a patreon near you and last but not least a sincere thank you from us here at dark times incorporated for all of our lovely listeners and supporters of the show you guys have been by our side from the beginning and let me tell you we couldn't be more grateful. Dark Times Incorporated is not what our like copyright is and stuff, but I do like an LLC. Uh, yeah. <laughs> loser, loser corporation. <laughs> oh man, man. Maybe we should incorporate that way. So when one of us fucks up, we can sue. Oh, finally, I've, our Winklevoss twin moment. I'm so ready. Oh. Yes, please. If you have any discussion topics for the last 10 episodes of the Dark Times podcast, feel free to send them our way. DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Please, please, please. Anything you've been dying for us to discuss or hear us talk about related to Saga Edition or even just Star Wars. You know, we like to see, we like reading the emails. So feel free to send them our way. DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. That's pretty much it, listener. We'll send you guys back to the show. Steven, what did you bring? Well, Steven, what's this? There's a There's a gift. There's a gift, Stephen. Oh, it's a beautiful oh, gift. Maybe, maybe it got delayed in the mail from the holidays. Oh, addressed from a, a Zenith sloth clause. 
Um, oh, that's me. That's you. Yeah. Let me let me just open it up. Whoa! All my jewelry and every. Uh, oh, I had a, I had a your metal. chains. Your your <laughs> my, all my chains that I'm your known ice, for wearing. Your, your, the the fucking the your your grill your my grill your ice that you got, got a, from your, all your I Patreon got a plate money. in my leg, Stephen. This this mag, <laughs> this magnetic crane you've put in this box is harming me in a way that's hazardous to my well being. Oh, a CL tens worth of hazardous. I bet. What? Fuck the, me. It's true. That's right, listener. The, the magnet crane is back, long awaited by me and Stephen. <laughs> You sent in your emails. We heard from at least 20 of you. Release the Magnet Crane. It was a one-off comment from a couple episodes ago. The people asked for it. The people demanded the Magnet Crane. We are here to deliver. Folks, it's a fan favorite. It is a custom, fresh out of the box, dark time Swissy hazard. The Buskill Incorporated Magna Crane 5200M is a common sight in various warehouses and industrial sites across the galaxy and stands roughly 5 meters tall. Little more than a large magnetic disc on a crudely articulated arm, it is designed to make moving large amounts of magnetic material a breeze. With its simplicity, comes with a host of safety concerns, however. It can be activated as a swift action to turn it on or off, or swivel up to 90 degrees. The Magna Crane's large magnetic disc typically affects a 2x2 two two square area, but models of varying sizes are available. Perhaps you have one hanging from the ceiling in a, a warehouse, cough, cough. Yeah, just, any old warehouse. It could be a warehouse in a recently featured module. I don't know which one. Maybe the Dathomir one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a future to be released module. Oh, maybe a dark times with its own uh, composed theme music that you just got a quick sample of magna crane buskill 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 oh yeah so the buskill ink magna crane 5200m is a cl10 hazard with the keywords artificial and area the trigger is a character enters a square beneath the magna crane while it is turned on its attack is plus 20. It's a disarm attack with no damage. Wait! Now, Sam, if we were going by the rules of the book. Okay, all right. Yeah, calm down. I see you. That's right. Yeah, I know. If we were going rules as written by the designing hazard rules, the attack modifier for a CL10 hazard should be plus 15. Why did I write plus 20 here? Because... When you're the victim of a disarm attack, or the target, rather, of a disarm attack, you get a plus five to reflex defense. Is that why? You get a plus ten a to plus reflex 10? defense. Yes. Do they even Disarming write these the- rules, or they shit them out on a plate and serve it to us? Like, it's fucking nothing. See the Rodney interview. <laughs> now, this is equivalent to it being a normal at-level hazard with the improved disarm feat. Okay, sue me. I, I didn't give a hazard a feat. No, no, I didn't. You can't claim that I did. But I did adjust this modifier to account for something that's, that's usually pretty difficult. And I want my goddamn crane arm to have a fair shot at actually disarming people. Let's put it into, into fucking uh, context, by the way. This is a crane arm that could lift a huge crate of metal material. Like, yes. It's going to rip your pistol from your hands. I'm sorry. That's what yes, it's, it, that that's is what it's going to do. That's why it's got a plus 20. It doesn't deal any damage, by the way, directly. We'll get into an instance where it may deal some damage indirectly, but it doesn't deal any damage to, to anyone. So higher attack roll. If you want to sue me over this, 
you can contact my lawyer. That's Sam at darktimeswissy.gmail.com. Wait, what? We don't have that. We don't have that email. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. It's gonna, you're gonna get a bounce back, listener. It's just darktimeswissy <laughs> at gmail. Sh- Sam, shut up. I'm trying Sorry, to. <laughs> it's darktimeswissy plus lawyer at gmail.com. <laughs> Some ancillary information here. This hazard affects characters wielding a metal weapon, such as a blaster or vibroblade. Characters wearing a significant amount of metallic armor, such as many types of medium or heavy armor, risk becoming stuck to the powerful electromagnet themselves. Would you say droids also, by the way? Oh, fuck. Uh. I forgot droids. I forgot. I used to even, I forgot droids. Droids, or characters wearing a significant amount of metallic armor, such as many types of medium or heavy armor, risk becoming stuck to the powerful electromagnet themselves. So time for some real womp womp slapstick shit with your party, by the way, when you break this one. Can I tell you, Steven, don't they do this in Jedi? Oh, yeah. Isn't there like magnet crane puzzles in, in the in, in Jedi games? Oh, no, Steven. I meant in Return of the Jedi where C-3PO and R2-D2 oh. are, are brought up by the magnet crane to get out of the Sarlacc pit. Yes, or that the does sand, happen. Rather. Yes, that does happen. Yeah, so in that movie. This, hap- this is in universe. <laughs> this works. <laughs> Because I couldn't think. I didn't think I'd have to justify a giant magnet. Well, because right, me personally, Sam. I couldn't think of other times where I've seen giant magnet crane in Star Wars. But like in the original trilogy right there. There you go. Original trilogy, baby. If you are disarmed by the magnet crane, your weapon cannot be retrieved until the magnet crane is shut off. If you become stuck to the magnet crane, you take fall damage appropriate for the distance you move before hitting the magnet when applicable. So if you if if the magnet is six squares above you and you are wearing your beefiest metalist most uh, uh, magnetic armor and you're getting stuck up there, well, guess what, buddy? You take six squares of fall damage. Though you aren't technically falling in this case. <laughs> oh wait, really? Oh, I like that. You, you get take the fall damage for hitting it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also take the fall damage for falling off of it as well. Exactly. Oh, that's great. That's so good. Imagine your buddies get you down and uh, then you fall. What's the fall damage again? Isn't it like 1d6 for every three meters or something like that? Let's check. I'm already on the wiki. Oh, it's uh, 1d6 for every three meters fallen. That's for every two squares, right? Yeah, to every two squares is 1d6 damage. That's not bad. Not at all. What's a, what would you say the range is on the? Oh, it's just the two by two directly I, in front of it. I, I'd say a two by two square beneath it. Beneath it, okay. Yeah, uh, up up to you. The range magnets can be pretty strong. Maybe maybe the the power of this crane can be adjusted to affect squares that are particularly far away. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, cool, cool. Maybe a ragtag group of thugs and pirates set these guys up horizontally to uh, to mess with you when you try to get into their secret warehouse base or something oh, like the, that. Oh, dude, they've got two of them set up on either side to just fucking shred armor and droids apart. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, that, that would work. Gosh, that's, that's that shit that's got C-3PO saying, oh my. <laughs> that reminds me of how um, the, the force disarm lets you deal damage to the object when you, uh, when you do the disarm. Oh, it sure does. Yeah. I thought of a couple skills that would go well with this. Hazard. I have one I think too. Knowledge tech. Can I? Okay. No. Do, can I go? Yeah, can I go through first. mine first? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Okay. 
I'm just excited. I know you're so cute. A knowledge technology role, maybe a, a moderate DC at the CL. That would be a 29 to identify it as a Buskill Inc. Uh, Magna Crane 5200M and understand how to control it. Although maybe simply identifying and knowing how to control it could be easier. Maybe a 19 or a 24. Maybe a mechanics check, a DC 29 to uh, you, maybe you know of a way to permanently disable it. Uh, a fault in this particular model of Magna Crane. Oh, maybe a um a, a definitely a hard like a like a like a DC twenty nine knowledge life mm-hmm. sciences to understand how magnets work because brother I can't, I don't even know now. <laughs> well, Sam, you've you've uh, you've revealed your hand because that would be physical science. That's what I meant to say. Did I say life sciences in my brain? You did. You said in life my sciences. head, I was like physical sciences, physical sciences, physical sciences, <laughs> fucking life sciences, man. Come on, yeah, it's the worst time. Liberal arts major. <laughs> <laughs> liberal uh, arts dropout oh don't say that <laughs> you wound me steven i've got a i've got a I'm fucking sorry. masters in podcasting baby that's what all that matters it's true put that it's true print that out put that on my wall <laughs> and i'll put a gold star sticker on it for yeah it's just like a, a label from like a beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> so funny but yeah, I, I I like this. I love the concept. I mean, I loved the concept when we came up with it or- originally, but I really like what you've done here. Yeah. The disarm attack. It's so funny that the, that plus, tw- is that plus 20 also going to be the attack against the armored folks and droids? Yeah, okay, that's correct. Wow. Okay. That's pretty yeah. sweet. That's pretty yeah. sweet. I like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is so cool, Steven. And I can't wait to feature it in the Dark Times module. Me too. This, this, this is actually going to be the main boss. A sentient magna crane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone put a droid brain in the magna. They droidified crane it, dude. Oh, that's so cool. It's actually pretty badass. That's some like near shit. Pretty great. Yeah, I do like the idea because in my mind, this warehouse encounter that we're gonna make, and this might may or may not change depending on on how it goes. We've got yeah, how the how the board feels. Conveyor belts. Like a giant fucking shredder for some reason in like the room and then the magnet crane, yes. you know, like that's what I yes. want it to be. And a pool of acid. Please. I, we got to get a pool of acid for my there. Joker moment. That is what happened for your Joker moment for my Joker moment. That is what happened. That's how the Joker became Joker. Why are we why are we talking about this again? Didn't we talk about this last episode? No, we didn't. We definitely talked about Joker and acid vats recently. We love acid vats are a great hazard. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> not my fault dc comics got it right <laughs> it'd be really funny yeah though. and you did, did you hear he threw harley quinn in there too it'd be really funny though if you if, if a player survived an acid vat hazard and then started the dm made them act all jokery <laughs> i'm the joker baby <laughs> oh man that's good well thank you so much steven for making that cool cool ass hazard thank you sam thank you buddy do you have any trivia for us this week I do. Did you know it took six people to work the full-sized animatronic of Jabba the Hutt? The puppet fit three men inside, two to operate the arms, head, and tongue, and the other to move the tail. A man lying below the puppet pulled strings to move Jabba's mouth and make his sides heave. That's <laughs> Two radio operators controlled the slimy goon's eyes, including pupil dilation, direction, and wideness of eyelids, a final crew member, and this is the job I want on the on the ILM stage. A final crew member was responsible for rubbing gel on the puppet to give him his slimy look. 
uh, and the Oscar for best Slimer goes to Zena Sloth. <laughs> for <laughs> no, it's all I've ever wanted. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank the Slime Minds. I'd like to thank George Lucas for really, you know, he heard my podcast and he knew exactly what I was made for. It was sliming up this big greasy boy. Oh, man. George calls me up. He's like, you like slime, huh? <laughs> Steven, I hear you're a slimy guy. You know, Slimo, it sounds like slime, right? But it doesn't mean slime. But, buddy, we're going to make it mean slime. Thanks, George. Really appreciate it. Losing my who let him, mind I right could have sworn we, we kicked him out of the studio. Like, who, they still let him in the... I get it. He's George Lucas. I get it. But a restraining order is a restraining order, man. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, man. The Dark Times is produced and edited by me, Sam. Steven's my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your show. Tell someone about the show and tell us you told someone about the show and tell your whole table about the show. And we'll shout you guys all out on the show. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? Jabba Nobada. So true. So I'm always saying like my affirmations in the mirror every morning. Jabba Nobada, Jabba Nobada, Jabba Nobada. I will not give up my favorite decoration. I like Captain Solo where he is. That's so true. Bargain not, Jedi. There will be no bargain, young Jedi. You will not give up your favorite decoration. You like where <laughs> Captain Solo is. <laughs> this bounty hunter is my kind of scum. This bounty hunter is fearless and inventive. That's so good. Oh, man. <laughs> Mind powers will not work on me. Oh, man. Choni Maya Wishanasha. Awanawanga! I'll never, never get tired of that guy. Uh, What's his name? The Major Domo? Yeah, the, that Twi'lek. Uh, whoa, Steven. Oh, stop the podcast, <laughs> buddy. You can't just be saying that. All right. Good night, everybody.